Everybody got a Bible or something to look at? Amen. On the screen, whatever. Turn to Mark 11. Uh, this is just a simple thought that I had today for us and something I need to hear and confess and do. So hopefully it will be a blessing to you. Mark 11, uh, 23. Jesus is speaking. And the title of this is More on Confession. Yea, even more on Confession. How many believe we just can't hear too much on confession about what we need to be saying? Uh, the reason is because our words are, are like, they can either be tools to help us build our lives or they can be weapons against ourselves. You know, it's kind of like a pistol or a rifle or a shotgun. They, they can, if they're used properly, they can be a blessing in your life. If you turn it on yourself, you got a problem. And, um, so words are like that. They can be useful tools that again help us build or they can, they can be like a, a weapon against us or a sledgehammer in your kitchen or whatever, uh, to cause damage. And so we need to be respectful about what we say. Now, you know, we grew up, uh, a lot of us here, uh, especially Scarlett and myself, we grew up in the midst uh, from the time of being very young adults into uh, through the faith movement. And we thank God for the word of faith movement. Amen. And we're still preaching many of the the great revelations and lessons that were learned then. However, you know, with every movement, there can be some baggage and some things that are not so desirable. And one of them was the creation of confession monitors they nobody ever officially appointed them but they would become self-appointed confession monitors and they'd go around behind you and tell you what you should say and not say and so uh you know you just got aggravated so finally i would just say shocking things just to give them something to think about you know on purpose but uh and that's not advisable either that's not exactly walking in love is it maybe i need that lesson next but uh you know, the idea of this is not to be a corrector of other people, but to correct ourselves. Amen. And so, uh, I have a very much, as you know, live and let live policy, uh, where it comes to life and things. But yet on the other hand, we have a requirement from the scripture to preach the word, be instant in season and out. I don't know. Uh, I know what in season is, out of season, I know what that is too. I've gotten up to preach and had no inspiration and no unction and no nothing, but pre- preached anyway, and the, the Lord blessed, amen, because it's the Word of God. However, we don't want the baggage of being afraid to speak or afraid to talk because I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, uh, you know, all of us, I think, here in this room were at the, uh, well, most of us, not all of us, were at the convention where Jeremy Gall said there was this unreasonable fear in the faith movement that one bad confession would just ruin everything else you'd ever said. You know, like you say one thing and there goes your healing. You say one thing negative and there goes your your blessing of finance that you're believing for, some other thing. 
And uh, how many know that's just ridiculous? It's the other way around. I believe one word spoken in faith and by the word of God will overcome all the negative stuff you've ever said. Amen. And so let's put the emphasis and the power and the authority where it counts. Can you say amen? And so uh, I, I I had never thought of that before Jeremy Gall said that, and I thought, wow, that is very powerful and something we need to remember. So we do know what Jesus said here. He's basically saying, you have what you say. You'll notice, uh, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, say that means me, I'm a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he, what, saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever the Lord thinks he should have. Is that what it says? No, whatsoever he saith. So what does that tell you? There's power in our words. Amen. Now you all have heard me teach on this scripture quite a bit through the years, but I had a, I had a prevailing thought today that I thought was kind of fresh. Amen. And, uh, it was on this subject of confession brings possession. Jesus said it did. Whatever we say, that's what we have. So we'd want to only say what we want to have. And so our tendency is to go around saying what we, what we already have that we don't like. <laughs> In other words, people say, well, I'm just being honest or I'm just venting. Well, you know, you need to have a little freedom to discuss things that are going on or whatever. But at the end of the day, you need to be confessing and declaring uh, what you want to see changed. Amen. And what you want to see, or if it's a blessing that's already in progress, that you want to have continued. And instead of confessing, calling those things that, as Romans 4 says, calling those things that be not as though they're not, calling those things that be not as though they were. Amen. And speaking into existence, if you don't like your circumstance, change it with your confession. Now, that's pretty standard fair teaching right there on confession brings possession. But here's three thoughts that I had that I thought would help you. We need to be saying the right thing about God. Now, why is that important? Because, I mean, I'm not talking about just confessing a healing, confessing a new car or whatever you're believing God for. I'm talking about confessing some bigger things that will affect claiming needs. So this scripture is not just for claiming needs, okay? That's what I want you to see. Don't just use this as a need fulfiller. But use it to declare some big picture things in your life. Amen. And so what you can do is begin, number one, it's important what you say about God. For example, people will sometimes say, well, I hope the Lord helps me. Now, see, to say that is to indicate that he might not. And, uh, he just, you know, and it, it's really kind of an insult on the nature and character of God. 
and who his word says he is. The Bible says if God has already given us Jesus, what good thing would he withhold? Amen. Folks, our God loves us. The Bible says we are the focus of his attention. We are the apple of his eye. Amen. And he's not your problem. God's not your problem. God's not the one withholding the blessing or not coming through for you or not doing what you need doing. Is this helping anybody? And so to say, well, I don't know, we're praying and we're hoping and we're holding our breath and we're crossing our fingers and we're not walking on the sidewalk cracks and we've got a rabbit's foot and You know, I mean, it's almost that ridiculous, some of the talk that you'll hear Christians say about God. What you need to be saying to build a case in your soul, to build a case in your soul, in your mind, your will, and your emotions. A lot of people say build a case in your spirit, but your spirit's not the problem. Your spirit's made perfect, praise God, by Christ and his work. But it's our soul, that spaghetti ball of intertwined experience, thought, psychotic, whatever that's in there, everything that we all have intertwined together, the mind, the will, and the emotions. There's our problem. But I'll tell you, you can program your soul. Did you know you can program your soul for something really negative like fear? If all you watched was the COVID report, And, you know, who's dying and who's whatever and all the problems in the world, you could develop and then look at the crime statistics and this and that and the other. And before you know it, you could develop a real case of fear inside of yourself and every bump in the night and every sound that you hear scare you out of your wits. And I've seen people work themselves up into a froth like that where there's really nothing going on. That was uh, the neighbor's cat that jumped off the fence or something. And then here you are freaking out. There's somebody back there. I tell you, I've seen people up wringing their hands, literally making themselves physically ill uh, to where they're a nervous Nelly. How many know what I mean? A nervous Nelly over nothing, fighting paper tigers that they have concocted. It's like Jimmy Stewart and that giant rabbit, you know. You know, Harvey, that was the name of the rabbit. And, uh, you know, pretty soon we've got a Harvey, a big rabbit, or we've got, uh, you know, an, an imaginary friend or an imaginary enemy or something going on as, as a result of pre-programming or programming our mind, will, and the emotions with all these things, right? How many know what I'm saying? Well, let's just go with how about pre-programming or programming yourself into, uh, programming yourself into being, um, blessed. Programming yourself into being, um, uh, uh, something that is, uh, you know, positive and a, and a force for good, a powerful force. Amen. Are you getting any of this? Well, how you can do that is by confessing the right thing about God. So every day I'm going to encourage you to do a few exercises here, okay? How many like a few exercises? 
These these are easy to do, and you won't even have to get on the floor to do it. Hallelujah. But here's one exercise you can do in faith. Think of or write down scripture of some attribute of God that's really good. Amen? Like God said, I'm the God, you could say, and you can make it a praise or, or, or a confession. I confess that my God is the God of all flesh. He is the God that said, is there anything too hard for me? He's the God that created the heavens and the earth and all that is in the heavens and the earth. And there is no other God like him. He loves me with an unfailing love. Hallelujah. He is my very own father, and I'm a, his very own child. He is, I'm an heir to all that he has. And he ha, he said, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. You can have the rest of it, he said. Amen. And begin to say things about God. And say things, you know, God is a merciful God. And even though I've made mistakes and failed in the past, thank God that he, His mercy endures forever. And His mercy endures down to all generations, including mine right now, including our generation. Confession, not only for to name and claim, but confession or declarations, we can say. Jesus said, whatever you say or declare to be so is so. And you need to declare the right thing about God. Number two, moving right along, is declare the right thing about yourself. Don't curse yourself. Because God's not cursing you. Did you know that? God's not saying, oh, my Lord, what a mess. Look at that. Or what an idiot or an imbecile or whatever. But God is, is, is counting us as his very own children. That he loves us. He cares passionately for us and intimately for us. Amen. So you need to declare the right thing about yourself. And Jesus said, whatever you declare, it becomes true. So declare, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in him. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. I'm walking today in newness of life. I'm walking in health. I'm walking in prosperity. I'm walking in blessing. I'm walking in peace. I'm walking in joy. I'm walking today in favor. And everywhere I go, I have favor. Amen. People let me uh, get by in traffic and people... uh uh, uh, reserve a parking space for me and, and, uh, I get the best server at the restaurant with the nicest attitude. And, you know, you begin to declare just simple things about your life and begin to see it come to pass. I have favor everywhere I go and people want to bless me and people want to help me and people want to smile at me instead of, I'll tell you, the world's gone to, pot here, you know, and uh, I get like, I mean, Scarlett can tell you, I get kind of gripey about things and I have to correct it. And anybody else, don't raise your hand, get a little gripey about things. And, you know, I don't know, these stores these days, can't anybody wait on you. Pretty soon, you know, we're just spewing venom. And if we could think about this sermon tonight, you could say, well, 
enjoy that. You want me to agree with you? Because everything you say comes to pass. Hallelujah. Or I never get a break. Nobody ever gives me a deal. Nobody tries to help me. You know, we've all been there just barking like a hyena. And instead, we ought to be saying the opposite. I know that it can be like that. But I believe if we'd start declaring the right things about our... Well, I sound like I'm grapes of wrath tonight, don't I? I'm dead down just to declaring. I'm a declaring. Anyway, declaring, speak the king's English, David. Declaring what the word says about me, about myself. Say, well, this sounds awfully selfish. Well, it kind of, you know, eating is a pretty selfish thing when you think about it. <laughs> Taking a shower can be selfish. Uh, I mean, you know, there are things we need to work on ourselves from the word so that we are a greater blessing to everybody around us. It's not completely selfish. Don't you know? You know, taking a shower and using deodorant isn't completely selfish. Think about it, how deep that is. It usually helps others as well. <laughs> Don't you remember the dial soap commercial or whatever? They said something about, do you use dial? Don't you wish everybody did or something like that? Remember those commercials? That's probably politically incorrect now because stinky lives matter, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, somebody's, it said one time about the faith message being such a selfish message. It's all about you, isn't it? And it's like, well, salvation is a personal thing. You, you know that God doesn't have grandchildren. You know what I mean? He's got children and you can't get to heaven on grandma's faith. You've got to have your own personal relationship with Christ. And so faith is a personal thing, isn't it? And if I could, you know, Somebody said, well, if you really had faith as an evangelist, you'd just go to the hospital and empty it. And it's like, well, I can't get, I can't receive salvation for those people. I can't receive healing for them either. I can preach the word and, and give them an opportunity to use their own faith, but I can't force a blessing or anything on anybody. So yeah, it is a bit selfish. But not in a negative way. It's not selfish in the way that we think of a negative way, but it's, it is self help from the word of God. And it's really not self because it's from the Holy Spirit. And these are ways that God has given us to, to be a blessing and receive a blessing. Amen. You know, these aren't complicated things. You don't have to make it into an argument all the time, but, uh, Again, declaring the right thing about God and then declaring the right thing about ourselves. Those are two really big deals. And it's easy to think right about yourself if you'll think right about God instead of a religious God that you don't know what he's going to do. He's kind of flaky and fickle and he might bless you and he might not. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe, sometimes wait, sometimes shut up. That's not the God of the Bible. And it's the God of many places of worship, unfortunately, but it's not from the scripture. Amen. Our God is an everlasting God, ever loving. 
He doesn't change from day to day. With God, there is no changing. There is no variable. So not, not even a shadow or a smidgen of turning. Amen? I'm stomping all over this Kleenex box. Praise the Lord. There, I moved it. <laughs> Appreciate having it, but it's, it's not going to survive. Um, so, um, we have those two things. I, I just think, you know, we can't think enough about those two things. In fact, you should make a list sometime. What are the, all the great things you could say about God? And declare that, and it'll become so real to you that nobody can talk you out of it. And then, and then what great things can you say about yourself? Not from pride, not from, well, I always got A's in school and I'm just so smart. No, I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm talking about what the word says about you, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're the healed of the Lord because Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your pains. By his stripes, you were already healed, healed at Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we declare these things to be true. And then we declare uh, about finances, what the word says, that that God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, and he's more than enough. Amen. He's El Shaddai. All the names of God apply to you. If it's true about God, it's true about you because you're an heir of God and a joint heir. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And all things are under my feet. The Bible says that in Ephesians, doesn't it? All things under, under, under our feet. And then number three, this is heading towards the home stretch. Number three is that you say the right thing about the devil. Now you think, well, why, what's the, how could you say the, the right thing about the devil? You need to keep the devil in your soul and in your mind and in your mouth, what you're saying. You need to keep him in his place. Don't give him ascendancy. Don't say, like one sister, Brother Hagan said he was pastoring in the Assemblies of God Church back there in the early forties. Texas, and a woman stood up. They're supposed to be having Wednesday night testimony service, you know. And she stood up and said, the devil's been after me all week, bless his holy name, and sat down. Well, she didn't mean to be blessing the name of the devil, but she might as well have been. Because when you talk about, we when we call it praise, when we talk about what the Lord's doing, when we talk about what the devil's doing, in a sense, we're almost praising him. We're giving him credit for power. We're giving him, we're empowering him. We're, we're uh, authorizing him with our own words. And so to say, oh, I tell you, it's been rough. The devil's really been giving us trouble. I mean, the devil, the devil, the devil. Have you ever been around Christians who talk more about the devil than they do the Lord and all that the devil's doing? So that would be a bad confession. Keep him in his place. If you're going to talk about the devil, talk about how defeated he is based on the word. The Bible says he's defeated. It's not equal power, equal good against evil. That's that's humanism, and that's the Babylonian system's speech. But in the kingdom of God, 
Jesus was triumphant. The Bible says that he led captivity captive, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Amen. Jesus whipped the devil in hell and, and, and brought him out stripped and naked and, uh, as an embarrassment in the spiritual world. And that's why the Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of the name of Jesus. They're afraid of him. Preach, pastor. They're afraid of the devil. And uh, so you need to be putting the devil in his place. The devil is under our feet. He is a defeated foe. He is a foe, but he's defeated. And like Pastor Scarlett said uh, um, Sunday night preaching, she said he goes around as a roaring lion, testing, really would be a good way to put it, whom he may devour. He's trying to see if he may devour you. May I devour you? <laughs> and you need to say, no, you may not. And you're going to stay where you belong under the feet of Christ and under my feet. And, uh, he's defeated. He's a liar. His, all of his symptoms are lies. All of his thoughts and ideas. Has anybody ever laid in bed with a tormenting thought? Anybody here ever? I have recently <laughs> laid in bed with a tormenting thought about <laughs> what might not work or whatever, you know, and just, just torment. I, I, am I the only one? Anybody here ever just tormenting you about if this doesn't go through or if this doesn't happen or whatever, or what could go wrong? You know, health or wealth or whatever else. What could go wrong? And if you're not careful, you'll just get to thinking about that. But thank God you can t- declare, Satan, shut up. You have no part nor lot in this matter. You're a liar. God is God and you're not. <laughs> Amen. So we don't have a relationship with Satan. He is not in the mix. He is not welcome. Amen. And that's why we have to stay out of strife and confusion and so forth, right? Because we don't want to give him place to operate and have a place to to function. Is this helping anybody? I'm helping me. So again, just to recap. Again, Jesus said we have what we say, just one scripture tonight. But that would be uh, true not only just for naming and claiming a blessing, but also, or a healing or whatever, but also true in a bigger picture. Amen. I'm going to name and claim who my father is. Now, you know, the the guy, the person, the man that did this a lot was Jesus. He was constantly saying who he was, remember? And he was saying his purpose for coming. And he was declaring, I must do the works of my father who sent me. And he, and he knew who he was. And he was always talking about who the father was and who he was. You know what he said about the devil? 
He said, ooh, you got to be careful around the devil. Ooh, ooh. No, he said, I saw uh, Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Hallelujah. So Jesus saw him already defeated. He said, oh, well, I don't know. Look what they did to him on the cross. He willingly submitted to that. Nobody took Jesus' life. He laid it down. And the Bible says that about him. There is no greater love than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. Jesus willingly. You think that he couldn't have just snapped his finger and had 10,000 legions of angels there to protect him? He could have wiped out. He could have spoken one word and wiped out the whole city of Jerusalem. He's the guy that said, you have what you say. He could have said, this Mount of Golgotha be picked up and cast into the sea, and it would be sitting out there in the Mediterranean. But he, he, he willingly did it, amen? The devil had no victory, and the devil's so stupid and self-deluded that he thought that he had a victory until Jesus rose from the dead, amen? Praise God, does that help you tonight? If you'll talk right about God, talk right about yourself, and talk right about the devil, you will have victory, I believe, in your soul every day. Doesn't mean you won't have struggles. Doesn't mean you won't have trials and problems. But you can overcome every single one of them. We can withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen? All right, praise God. You know, we want to pray tonight. And if you're there at home, you want to pray with us, you can. And if you have a, a healing need, just put your hand on yourself and and let Jesus touch you. But we want to pray for Brother Frank tonight. And uh, I was tipped off that you were struggling a little bit with your knees. And so let's just believe God. Amen. Father, we just lay hands on Brother Frank. And we thank you for touching him tonight. We thank you for your anointing. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your healing touch and healing power to go into his body and effect a healing and a cure in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching at home, we just pray for you that you will be healed and whole in whatever area that you need. In the name of Jesus, amen.